Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, our purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for his sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome to Lose Yourself. I'm Dr. Mike Cunningham, and I'm so glad you could join me for today's program. Well, last week we started on our new series in the book of Ecclesiastes. This is an amazing and powerful book that really gives great perspective on our faith. Lose Yourself as a Program is a call to discipleship, and this important Old Testament book gives us an amazing perspective on the human condition so that we can realize our need for God and the shortcomings of a materialistic worldview. You see, King Solomon, the author of this book, was more gifted and endowed with wisdom and perspective than anyone else could possibly hope to be. He was granted supernatural wisdom by God, yet he failed to see the world at times from a godly perspective. His intellect and his curiosity and his lifestyle eventually seduced him and turned him from the younger, passionate Song of Songs author, who then transitioned to the wise Proverbs author, to finally the jaded and disillusioned Ecclesiastes author. This is also a cautionary tale for those who believe that we can survive on our own merits, and for those who believe that previous experiences with God or previous accomplishments spiritually are going to sustain us for our lifetime. Our growth as disciples are designed to be a lifelong journey. And with Solomon, you see him grow weary due to his reliance on himself and his lack of reliance on God. And his perspective and conclusions that we're going to study in this book demonstrate our need to grow along our spiritual path throughout our lifetime, that even those of us who come from humble means or maybe who are not good students, who struggle with wisdom and academics, are as likely, if not more likely, to walk faithfully with God and live a life of meaning and purpose. For those out there who have a voracious capacity to study scripture and are academically oriented, it's just important to maintain that gospel worldview in their academic and scholastic pursuits because God created us with an amazing capacity, but that capacity is designed to bring him honor and glory and not ourselves. And so last week we had the opportunity to dig in and do the first few verses of chapter one and give a little bit of background and context on this passage. King Solomon is a highly respected figure whose written works still survive and are respected both within the church and without. Yet, when we get to Ecclesiastes, we see the potential for our own hubris and failure if we're not relying on God. So last week, we began with the first three verses. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king of Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What does man gain by the toil at which he toils under the sun? And that's where we left it last week because there's times that we feel pointless and useless. We ask the existential question, why am I here? What is the purpose of life? And King Solomon is no different. Within this book of Ecclesiastes, this gives us great perspective on our discipleship journey because it kind of reasons up. It shows the futility 
and the limitations of our intellectual capacities and that we will probably reach the same conclusion without God. For someone as accomplished and intelligent as King Solomon to feel that his life was completely pointless, meaningless, and vain, that is a sense of realization that can ring true because he lost sight of his first love, which was God. As we pick up in verse 4, in these first chapters, we're going to see many of the things that King Solomon tries to fill himself and validate himself with are the very same things that ensnare us as Christians. I'm picking up in verse 4 and going to verse 11. A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it rises. The wind blows to the south and goes around to the north. Around and around goes the wind, and on its circuits the wind returns. All streams run to the sea, but the sea is not full. To the place where the streams flow, there they flow again. All things are full of weariness, and man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. What has been is what will be. And what has been done is what will be done, and there is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing which is said, see, this is new? It has been already in the ages before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of later things yet to come among those who come after. And many of you listening think, oh my goodness, he's not very cheerful. But friends, this is what would be considered to be a naturalistic worldview. This is the kind of view that people have when they feel that all that exists is what we can see, touch, taste, and smell. But friend, beyond that is our belief that we are fearfully and wonderfully made by our Creator, that God created and sustains the universe, that the gospel of Jesus Christ, where He came, lived a sinless life among us, was crucified, buried, rose, and is able to forgive our sins. That is the message that rings true and gives clarity and purpose and hope to our lives. See, for example, he's talking in verses 4 through 11, those that the earth is permanent and we're temporary. And I think that there's many times as we study history, it seems that everything has been done already. As a man, that's a very difficult thing for me to understand. Like Solomon, I know that there's times that I want to make my mark. I want to invent something. I want to do something that's noteworthy so that I'll be remembered in future generations. I believe that is probably the aspiration of many. But Solomon tells us the truth. For example, when I speak to young children, they don't know the names of people that I grew up revering. Our faith has to be handed down from generation to generation to generation. Otherwise, they don't know. And Solomon in this passage talks about the temporariness of our lives. And that can be an incredibly disillusioning and troubling observation if you only have a naturalistic worldview. The laws of nature and science tend to guide us as people, and they're very valuable. But to make them a worldview and a religious ideal does not adequately express creation. With a strictly naturalistic worldview, we are left to be dust. And as he writes... Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises, the sun sets, and the wind blows. A friend of mine who is a leadership speaker says, 
the world is going to continue to turn even if you're having a bad day. And that's true. And that seems harsh and cold. And while the earth and nature goes on unabated by our problems and our emotions and our desires, God loves us and he is there and he is present with us and he is guiding us through this ever-changing world. Verse 9, there is nothing new under the sun. It's been done already. And he ends in verse 11, there is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of later things yet to be among those who come after. And so, friend, let me just tell you, take the pressure off yourself to do something that's so monumental that it'll be taught in history books. In fact, most of the things that are covered in history now tend to be mistakes, dictators, oppression, disasters. Those tend to be the real things that people remember. When you live for Christ, you're living with an eternal purpose and perspective. When you live with a gospel worldview, it helps you live for something bigger than yourself. Lose yourself as a program is a call to discipleship. Those who lose their life for Christ's sake will find it, and those who seek their own will lose it. This passage communicates the futility of that pursuit. Friend, today, what I hope that you'll glean from this is that there is something bigger than what we can see, touch, taste, and smell. There is something better than our fame and our legacies. There is something more than the possessions or contributing new ideas that will just all turn to dust the moment that we are gone. As we look at these, we want to be remembered for the things that transcend our life. The questions that I ask myself on a daily basis in terms of whether or not what I'm living for has an eternal perspective are, am I walking in a manner that is godly? Am I walking in a manner that is pleasing to God? Am I walking in a manner that will inspire others to want to come to faith? Am I having intentional conversations about faith? Am I giving hope to people who really do believe, much like this passage, that everything is meaningless and that it's all going to pass away? Friends, there is a world out there that needs to hear the hope of the gospel. As we read through these passages, they get a little depressing. And you can see the tragedy of Solomon, who, despite all of his talent and intelligence and wealth and power, ended up a pretty broken and miserable person. Well, if that can happen to Solomon, what do you think is happening in the lives of your friends and family chasing the very things that Solomon found lacking? This passage today talks about just the vicious cycle of a naturalistic life. And friend, what I want to inspire you towards today is aspiring for something beyond that. The treadmill that wears down good people, that distracts them from the important things in life and leaves them despondent and disillusioned. Friend, if you have the hope of the gospel in your heart today, look around you. Are you finding someone who has that worldview, they're not hard to find. You see people everywhere who are despondent. They're grasping onto anything that they can get hold of that can give their life meaning and purpose, but mostly things that come up empty. 
friend, if you have the chance to have a conversation with them, to point them towards something that bigger than yourself and bigger than them, you can change their life. Before we sign off today, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, friend, what about you? Do you have the hope of the gospel? Do you know that you're fearfully and wonderfully made? Do you know that Christ died on the cross for you? Do you know that heaven and joy await you at the end of this life? Are you aware that God can take your life and give you purpose and meaning and hope and you in turn can give that to other people? Let's start there today. Start with yourself. And then from there, friend, look around. Be an ambassador for Christ. Make sure that people can hear about the hope of the gospel. And then ask God, how can he transform your life to have a ministry of purpose and presence in this world? Many people feel completely unqualified to live a life of purpose and do ministry in their daily lives. They feel they need to be some influential preacher or public figure, when in fact, church history is absolutely littered with ordinary people living faithfully and making the most difference. Friend, I leave you today with Matthew 24, 35. In contrast to this passage that talks about the meaningless of generations passing away, Matthew 24, 35 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. These are the words of Jesus. In him we have our hope. In him we have an eternal purpose and a gospel worldview, one that we need to cherish, where we lean not on our own understandings and our own ambitions and our own passions, but we let God transform those for his purposes and his will to live a life of hope and meaning. We're going to have a great conversation next week as we continue in our study of Ecclesiastes. Friend, thank you for joining me today, and I'll see you in our next episode of Lose Yourself. This has been Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself is a teaching ministry of Bible teacher Dr. Mike Cunningham. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a production of Key Radio.